President Biden solidifies our standing in the West. The Affordable Care Act lives to see another day. And Juneteenth is now a federal holiday. Hey, girls and guys, I'm Brandy with an I, and this is Did You Hear the News? child let's start with y'all president so as you know president biden was in the uk for like eight days i thought he wasn't gonna come back i wouldn't blame him if he didn't because we wilding over here in the u.s but he was in uh europe for eight days he started out with the G7 summit and then he moved on to that wrapped up I think like Sunday he moved on to the NATO summit and then there was also like a special European US uh, type meeting that he was like a guest they invited him to and he attended that on Tuesday all in all I'm gonna say he had a pretty good trip unlike VP Kamala Harris a lot of the members of the G7 were like apparently he was just a breath of fresh air it was just so good for somebody decent and you know slightly knowledgeable about what's going on to be back so he made a splash with those guys he was just arm in arm with the French president Emmanuel Macron Um, He was, you know, chopping it up with the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, with his fine self. So he was just having a blast. Angela Merkel was there, you know, it's like her last G7 summit because she will be stepping down. And I don't blame her because once again, y'all be wilding. But anyways, he had a good time with those folks. They had some productive talks. Basically, the focus of their talks was like, what are we going to do about China? So... Apparently, of course, there were lots of different opinions on how we should or the countries should deal with China and then becoming like a superpower. The general consensus is that we all have to do something or they're just going to be super duper out of control. Yay for that. So that reception was very warm very warm. But everyone was talking about, even the Queen talked to Joe Biden about the fact that he was meeting with President Vladimir Putin of Russia. It was just like highly anticipated. No one could focus on anything else. Apparently, he did go into the meeting with the backing of like the G7, all our allies. So I think that really like beefed him up, you know, made him you know, feel like he was the man for the job, which we saw the last man. So anyways, so he did all of that from, I think, Tuesday, the week prior to Tuesday, next week. And then Wednesday was the meeting with Vladimir Putin. Let me just say this. (laughs) Everything about 
the lead up to Wednesday and the actual meeting was so tense. If you watch the news, they covered everything. Like they even talked about it while they were in the meeting and like you couldn't even like you didn't even know what was happening. Like it was a huge deal. Everybody was waiting to see how it goes because it's a big deal for the world, right? Not just the United States. Like it's a big deal for the whole world for us to have some kind of a working relationship with Russia because they're not necessarily considered a superpower anymore, but they are like a huge nuclear power. Um, So they had this meeting they met in Geneva, Switzerland, which is, you know, if you know anything about Switzerland, you know that they were a neutral party uh, in all the shenanigans that have gone on in this world since, you know, white men decided that they owned it all. So they met in Geneva, Switzerland, the um, president or leader there. I hate all these countries, I don't hate them, but I just hate that sometimes I don't know whether it's a president, prime minister, leader, whatever. The leader there um, rode with President Biden to the actual venue. It was called a Villa Lagrange. Um, beautiful place. Um, looked a little cold and dusty, but beautiful, beautiful place. It was on the lake. Um, they <laughs> apparently... Vladimir Putin has this thing where like he shows up late so I guess they didn't expect him to be on time but he was actually on time so then President Biden actually got there later. I think the leader of uh, Switzerland actually rode with him. They got there. They met outside the front. You know the leader of Switzerland gave his spiel basically said welcome to the city of peace Geneva. And that was like, you know, in his native tongue. And then it was translated into Russian. It was translated into English. Beautiful. You know, he basically was like, we're watching because this is a big freaking deal. Can y'all please just get along? We beg you. Good luck. I'm out of here. So he um, left them to it. They actually shook hands. Uh, President Biden extended his hand to shake it. They shook hands. They walked inside. They closed the doors. Boom. We're like, that's it. But there was this really quick moment where it was the most awkward photo opportunity that I've ever seen in my life or heard. They were in this room. It was like wall-to-wall books. They were sitting in their chairs. It was Secretary of State Antony Blinken, President Biden, Vladimir Putin, and then one of his like foreign ministers was also there. So it started out the four of them. So the, the meeting was supposed to be those four talking for like an hour to two hours and then them bringing in more people like our national security advisor, like some more people are going to join and then having maybe a third breakout session with even more people. So they were expected to meet for four to five hours. And I was like, well, we know President Biden talks long. Y'all know he's a long talker. So I didn't foresee that being too, you know, out of control for what he's used to. But anyway, so these guys are sitting in these chairs in front of a wall of books. And the media is, you can literally hear the media fighting, like the press is fighting <laughs> it, to get the photo op in this room. Meanwhile, like 
uh, Putin said something to the effect of like, you know, we just hope we can have like a constructive conversation and whatnot. And it was really weird because you could over the press literally scuffling. You could not really hear what they were saying. Um, but then President Biden said, you know, it. I feel like it's always better to meet face to face. But it was just so awkward because in the background, you can literally hear like people in the press going like, well, move like you're in the way. I'm trying to get the shot. I can't get the shot. <laughs> it was so crazy. And they're like sitting in the chair. Well, but Vladimir Putin was like slumped in his chair. President Biden was sitting up with his legs crossed because you know how he does. And it was just so weird because it's like they it felt like they didn't know what to do. Like they weren't really making small talk with each other. It was just it was weird. The whole everybody was tense. Like everybody was tense about this meeting. It's been highly anticipated. So it was just like a lot going on. And then the fact that the media was going through whatever the heck they were going through was weird. Then they kicked the media out as they usually do. And we got a little more insight (laughs) into what was going on with the press. So apparently they they had like a a really small pool of press that was supposed to be there. So there was supposed to be one person from print media, one person from radio, one person from TV. Like, and so there was like a U.S. press team and then a Russian press team. But apparently, like when the door came open, they were just all scrambling, and like a lot of the people on the U.S. press team didn't even make it inside the room. It was just, it was just a lot for no reason, which kind of makes sense now like I feel like and I could be wrong but I feel like I haven't seen like any pictures in the U.S. of that like photo op so I don't even know if like a photographer for the U.S. press team got in like that's how chaotic it was so in my mind I'm going like hopefully this is not a indication of how this day is gonna go how this meeting is gonna go so the meeting started around like 7.30-ish. They got all of that going, um, kicked everybody out. Then they met. The first session was an hour and a half, and everybody was like, ooh, that's a little, that's a little soon. But they had like an hour and a half of the first session. They took 45-minute break, if I'm not mistaken, and then they came back together, and they only met during the second session for an hour. So now everybody's scrambling like, oh, well, the second session's done sooner than we thought. What are we going to do? How's it going to go? Is it over? What did they get in a fight? Why is it over so soon? Come to come to find out that basically like they were like, well, we just hit all the dots and all the topics and we're pretty good. So they shut it down. Um, <laughs> they decided to do separate press conferences for both uh, Vladimir Putin and President Biden because if you guys remember like 2018 y'all's former president met with Vladimir Putin and then they had a press conference together and it was a nightmare it was so bad that his Russian aide was like she was literally looking for a fire alarm to like stop it or she was going to fake a medical emergency she literally was like i was going to just fall out and scream to stop it because your president embarrassed us so bad got up there talking about how well you know the fbi said that russia meddled in our elections i just asked putin 
And he was like, no way. No how. And I'm like so inclined to believe him. And like everybody was embarrassed. So at this point, you know, President Biden, who let me let me remind you guys, he studied for this, like apparently foreign affairs is his jam anyway, but he did so much preparation. Once again, I know Republicans and Fox News like to get on him for preparing, which is what one should do. That's why we looked a mess for the past four years as our president didn't prepare. So President Biden had been preparing for not only, you know, going overseas for all of the other meetings, but this specific meeting with Vladimir Putin. So he was like really on his ish, which is why I think, you know, aside from the fact that he's a long talker, I, I think it made sense that it probably didn't have to last long. Like, boom, these are our topics. This is how I feel. How do you feel? Like, let's get through it. So, and on top of that, his aides told him like, no, don't do a joint press conference. You're already getting like flack about the fact that you're meeting with him, right? Like everyone's saying that meeting with Vladimir Putin is just giving him relevance. Like, don't give him a platform. So they decided to do their own separate press conferences. So when the meeting wrapped up, uh, apparently President Biden's press team was just not even with him. They were like, we're going to stay over here. You do what you do, you and your crew. And so um, Vladimir Putin went first. He was at a separate location. He basically did his by just coming in and like asking questions. Um, It's so interesting. He had... Um, like a, a ear translator, but apparently he can speak fluent English. Um, <laughs> I guess sometimes he just he chooses when he when he wants and doesn't want to uh to do it. But um, he can speak fluent English apparently, but probably it's it's more comfortable for him to you know make sure that he understands exactly what the question is, and then he can say exactly what he wants to say in his native language. Now, the guy who was translating into English, I want to talk to him because I was like, do you are you just don't know what to say, or are you just struggling right now? Is are you having trouble translating? certain like phrases from like because he was struggling but all in all we basically got the gist of what he was saying apparently Putin does this thing where like he doesn't accept accountability geez who does that remind you of and instead of actually like answering to something he'll throw about what about isms so that's exactly what he did he was asked about you know humanitarian issues in Russia and like Alexei Navalny and like why his you know people that oppose him end up like dead or dismembered or whatever and or just go missing and he just is like what like did y'all see what happened during the Black Lives Matter movement in the U.S. and like the insurrection like what which was crazy because On the one hand, he was saying stuff like, we don't want what happened at your U.S. Capitol to happen in Russia. But then at the same time, he was saying he thought that 
the people that stormed the Capitol weren't treated fairly. And I was like, you're saying that you poison and maim and kill people because you don't want them to incite an insurrection, but you also think we're not being fair on the people that incited the insurrection? Okay, Putin, okay. Anyways, so... Basically, he actually had some nice things to say about President Biden, which shocked us all. He's like, I think he is basically like competent and professional and all these things. He even went, um, once he got back to Russia and he did like his own press conference back home, he's continued to say like he, like President Biden is professional. He is prepared. I don't know if he was like trying to, I don't know if he was trying to like dig at the former president or like throw us off, but he was literally like very kind in his words about President Biden agreeing that, you know, they might not agree on everything, but the things that they have common interests, like he's really, he's willing to work with him. Apparently, (laughs) President Biden was also a breath of fresh air for Putin. <sighs> what a day. But anyway, so he he wrapped his press conference up in about an hour. President Biden came out in a nice garden, gave his press conference. He started out with some remarks. He answered a few questions uh, from his trusty list of predetermined press people that he pulled from and then he answered a few shouted questions he did get a little testy at the end and I was like yikes Joe calm it down Uh, when Caitlin Collins from CNN asked him why was he so confident that basically Putin would change and he was like Like, I didn't, why did you say that? I didn't say that. Like, I never said I was confident. She followed it up by saying, like, he came out in his press conference. He said the same stuff he's been saying. He's acting the same way he usually acts when he talks to the press. Like, what makes you think that you can trust him? And then President Biden was like, listen, I think he got upset because he felt like she was putting words in his mouth, which I can understand because... On this world stage, dealing with this person, like, you can't do that. Like, you you can't be like, well, you know, Biden trusts Putin. Because that did happen earlier in the day. Apparently, uh, someone with the press shouted out, you know, do you trust Vladimir Putin? And it appeared, even she said, it appeared that he shook his head yes. But apparently, like, very soon after, they were like, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. He didn't say he trusts Putin because it's important that it not come off like he legit trusts this man who he also said is a killer. So anyways, I think he just, he got a little upset at the fact that she kind of just put words in his mouth. And then on top of that, when he was going back to Air Force One, when he was heading back to DC he did talk to the press people there and he was like I got a little short I got testy I apologize for that so number one that's good because you know the former guy didn't apologize or accept responsibility for anything he was like I apologize I got testy I shouldn't have got testy here's the thing I feel like you media guys are always negative he said I feel like you get paid to be negative and he was like if 
if I'm going to go into something and not even expect or have any hope that it can change, why do I even go? And he was like, and anytime that I'm willing to work at something, I think he thinks that he gets flack for being naive but what he wants y'all to understand is he's not naive and he doesn't just take things for face value but that doesn't mean he's not gonna try and I can appreciate that in a president because I don't know what the heck that last man was doing I just don't know I just don't know and I know that like a lot of y'all have your qualms about president but I do too because these student loans and other things but It's really refreshing to have a president that when he leaves the U.S., even though though he might not get respect here, he leaves the U.S., he gets respect. People want to work with him. People understand that he's professional and he's prepared. He's not going off the cuff. He's not talking out the side of his neck. He's not being rude and pushing his way to the front of the photo ops. Like People can work with him. Other countries feel like they can work with him. And that's going to help our country more than the self-proclaimed billionaire who felt like he perfected the deal, even though he didn't wrote the book, even though he says he did. Like, that can't really work with people. Like, I I feel like we're in better hands. Like, I... That's just how I feel. So, all in all... I'll give him, I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10. I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10 because he had to go off like he did on Caitlin Collins at the end. But all in all, I feel like he had a very good trip, international trip. He gave a lot more confidence in America to our allies because that really matters regardless of what anybody thinks it really doesn't matter what other countries think of us even though our democracy is just falling apart by the day so 10 10 would recommend but 9 10 9 out of 10 um for that and the fact that he murdered a cicada before he left uh peter anyways he wrapped all of that up he jumped in air force one which i've have learned recently about the specs of air force one and it's like a huge plane and once again i just don't think i would have came back to the u.s i probably would have just flew around on air force one which is like can self-refill like with fuel so like i would just be like i'm not coming back to the u.s i hope y'all understand i'm just gonna work from air force one all the time anyways came back to the u.s and just (laughs) just tons of issues still here just still still struggles still more struggles for him to deal with when he got back so let's talk about infrastructure it's going nowhere fast moderate senators were working on that like i told you last week they made a deal he admitted to the press before he headed back to dc that he had not even seen it he didn't know what was in it he didn't know about it. So I would say we still got a ways to go on that. I just, I don't think, I don't think they're they're going to meet. I don't think they're going to meet a deal. Joe Manchin, every week, every week, I'm going to remind you that Joe Manchin could trip. He could step on a crack and break his mama's back. 
for all I care. Like, that's how much I loathe him. So, the moderate Democrats are, and Republicans, is 10 of them all together, are still trying so hard to make this deal work. And I just know that we know that it's not. Once again, Republicans, like, do not want to raise taxes in any way, shape, or form on anybody with money. <laughs> now, us brokies, they don't mind. They want to tax gas. They want to tax electric cars. Like, when we should be making electric cars affordable, because that's what we're going to need to use in the next five to 10, 15, 20 years. But they want to put taxes on electric cars. So what will happen? Then broke people can't get electric cars. They won't be able to afford the taxes. They want to tax gas on us brokies who won't be able to get an electric car. So we still got to drive a gas car. And we, now we're going to get taxed on it. It doesn't make sense. And President Biden's like, I absolutely don't want to do that. Like, that's the very last thing I want to do. Like, it's not even on the list of things I want to do, basically. So I just don't know I don't see it. I don't see it. And unfortunately, a lot of Democrats don't see it either. So apparently, if I'm not mistaken, Nancy and Chuck are just going to go ahead and see what they can do with the reconciliation part. Now, there were talks about maybe the compromise could be that they would work with the moderate Democrats and say, hey, okay, if you guys can get this moderate infrastructure bill passed which you would still need 10 republicans right if you guys can work on a bill that with 10 republicans would back we could push the other things that they say are infrastructure in a bigger bill and do reconciliation right <sighs> here's my thing i don't trust them i don't trust joe manchin i don't trust Kirsten Cinema. I don't trust any of the other moderates who are not as vocal because there still are some. I don't trust them to do the right thing. I don't trust them. I don't trust any deals they make. I don't trust the Republicans to stand behind the deals. Because why? I'll tell you. Voting rights. Joe Manchin came out last week and he said he does not support the Florida People Act. He said, I don't support it. I'm not for no dice. So then he put out basically his own shore down version, which I thought was interesting because it still seemed like the For the People Act just with Joe Manchin's name on it. So I was like, well, that's a little weird. But he was like, hey, here's the thing. These are the things that I will support, which are the most important things like uh, expanding early voting, getting rid of dark money in politics, things like that, things that we want. But then he also has a voter ID part written into the bill that even Stacey Abrams was like, that seems fair. Like she was on the news. They were like, well, this is what Joe Manchin is pushing. How do you feel? And she was like, yeah, sure. I Like that's what we're asking for. We're not asking for much. Like maybe he doesn't include like mail-in voting for every say, but the rest of the stuff is what we're asking for, right? So Stacey, Stacey Abrams is like, yeah, sure. And Mitch McConnell is like, get that weak mess out of here. I'll never support it. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. Like, why Why do we continue to water everything down for Mitch McConnell to be like, don't y'all vote for that? 
Don't y'all dare vote for that. I won't support it. I will. And you know what's so funny? It was Senator Roy Blunt went on like the news and said, well, Joe Manchin had, you know, a version of the act that we could get behind. But Stacey Abrams ran to give her approval for it. And now it just looks like it's the Stacey Abrams voting act. And it was so funny because John King on CNN was like, okay, so you can support it when a white male is the face, but not a black woman. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Why does it, why does it even matter? Like, why does it matter that Stacey Abrams approves it? Like, are you literally telling me that you basically anything that Stacey Abrams is for, you're against? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Like, these Republicans are a joke. They're a joke. And that's why I don't even feel like we should, we, I say we, but Democrats, because here I am just sitting at my house talking to y'all about how frustrated I am. But I don't even think Democrats should continue to continue to water down this bill when at the end of the day, Mitch McConnell says, no, then that's that. Now we got this watered down bill. You have to take it back. You have like, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's just so annoying. So that's where we are with infrastructure. I don't know how much Joe Manchin is going to have to be embarrassed before he's just like, okay, y'all, let's just do the right thing. I don't know how much money he's getting from what whatever donors that give him money that donate him. I don't know, but whatever it is it's it's got him holding on tight to these fake promises of bipartisanship and i'm just like you can you couldn't even get your plan out for a day and mitch mcconnell was like oh you thought you thought so that's where we are infrastructure in other news this week some emails were discovered from Acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen now. I know it's hard to keep up, so just bear with me. Trump had like three attorney generals, right? Jeff Sessions was first until he recused himself from the Mueller investigation. And Trump got very upset and was like, you're fired. And he went back to his tree and his role as a Keebler elf. Then Bill Barr came in and everything was sweet with him until he said that there was no evidence of widespread election fraud in the 2020 election. And you already know that that's not going to fly with the former president. So that's when he fell out of good graces with. Well, it was there was some lead up into it, you know. It was the him and you know looking into Hunter Biden and all kinds of crazy stuff, and like it, it just wasn't getting done the way he wanted it to be done. So he, I think he was already souring on Bill Barr, and then Bill Barr like put the the cherry on top by saying there was no election fraud. So Bill Barr resigned like the week before Christmas he was like hey you know it's gonna be my last day during like this week and bless y'all I don't care what you peasants do and so when he left 
there was acting attorney general Jeffrey Rosen. So Jeffrey Rosen was left with all the drama that transpired after this 2020 election. You know, the fact that there's multiple challenges to the election and hither and tither and Rudy Giuliani is, you know, his dyes dripping everywhere and all of that stuff. So Sidney Powell's like threatening to release the Kraken, all of that. So fortunately, he was about as sane as he could be in this role because we find out that he was receiving pressure from the former president and like some of his allies, like of course Rudy Giuliani and other people to like look into these ridiculous claims of voter fraud. Um, He was like given this, lawsuit that was basically like a framework of the texas supreme court like if you guys don't remember the texas filed like a lawsuit to the supreme court and the supreme court was like y'all don't get this out of here anyway so he had another lawyer i guess like write up something similar to that and send it to him like hey all you gotta do is file this bro we're good to go and rosen was like y'all don't get out of my face it like got so crazy to the point that he basically had to put in the email like I'm not meeting with Rudy Giuliani or anybody associated with him. You crazy people. I mean, these people are asking this man to look up Italian satellites. <sighs> <laughs> Because they said Italian satellites were changing the votes in the voting machines. Therefore, helping, I guess, the Democrats cheat. It doesn't make any sense. Up is down, left is right, round is straight. I don't, it just, anyways, fortunately... Once again, kind of like the fluke that happened in Georgia. Rosen was not crazy. Now, it's been said that there was another gentleman at the time who was saying, like, pick me, pick me for attorney general because he was in on the crazy. Like, he was prepared to do all this crazy stuff and fight, but... Of course, Trump aides saved his butt again and was like, no, don't don't pee that guy. Like, you can't pick him. So it's just really interesting. It, it also seems that <laughs> at the time that this guy was chosen to be, you know, interim attorney general, like the former president, like, pushed for him to be chosen. He was like, hey, 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 that guy over there, I want him. So I don't know. It's just... I don't know how he chose any of these people in his administration. All I know is that he tried real hard to take our democracy down. And I'm not going to say that he didn't expose all the flaws and that it's not a stone's throw away from falling apart. I'm just saying that I'm really surprised he didn't just snatch it all down the day he left office.
Anyways, interesting stuff there. Oh, funny story. On the eve of Juneteenth is when I'm recording this. I went on Twitter because I was minding my business. And I noticed that the trending topic, the blacks, was trending. And I said, you know, Brandy, nothing good. Nothing good can be related to this trending topic, but open it up anyway and humor yourself. And... I was not surprised. I was not surprised to see that the blacks was trending because you guys' former president (laughs) was quoted in a book as saying, I'm doing all of this stuff for the blacks. And Jared has me doing all of this stuff, but they effing hate me. They're never going to vote for me. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was right. He was right. But most of the blacks did not like him, did not care for him, still do not. Um, so he was right there, but don't don't call us the blacks. Don't call us the blacks. Now that's the thing that he does. Like um if I understand correctly, like that's just that's how he refers to us, you know. If it's not my African-American over there is the blacks. So I was not surprised. I was not shocked. I was not like, I know this nigga didn't like. I mean, I was just like classic Donald Trump. Like I don't expect any more from him. Like the bar is on the floor. I'm surprised it wasn't like the niggas. The niggers, I do all of this stuff for them and they hate me. Like that was surprising to me that it wasn't it wasn't the niggers. But anyways, it's so funny when when President Biden got back from overseas, the Republicans were like he was so soft on Putin. Kevin McCarthy puts out a hole. Oh, he was just so soft on Putin. And I'm like, are you did you Where were you the last four years when the former president wanted to be besties with this man, got up, said that he believed him over our FBI when it came to Russia meddling our elections, did not at all say anything about the fact that Russians hacked government agencies through the solar winds hack didn't say anything to him about the fact that apparently they were putting bounties on the heads of american soldiers never never said a thing about it but president biden who literally has called put sanctions on russia has called him out about the hacking that continues to happen, who's actually tried to get some of our prisoners over there, some of which are military connected, who are in jail for ridiculous reasons, trying to get them home. Like, what are you talking about? Soft on them. What in the everlasting arm of God are you talking about? Yeah. The guy who calls us the blacks is the one that was tough on Putin. Anyways, President Biden wasn't the only one working hard this week. The Supreme Court laid down two different rulings on, I think it was Thursday. Yeah, yesterday. 
And you guys won't believe they upheld Obamacare, Affordable Care Act. Again, this is like the third time that they've tried to take Obamacare out and it continues to stand. It's withstanding at this point. Now, that doesn't mean that Republicans are not going to keep trying things. It doesn't mean that, you know, another state or someone else might not bring up something in relation to, you know, Affordable Care Act again. But at this time, the Supreme Court has ruled that I think it was... Texas that brought it up that was basically saying well because there's no longer a provision to pay that fine if you don't have health insurance anymore like uh, if that is no longer in the bill then or it can't be enforced then like the whole bill falls apart which I think all of us including crazy boozy Brett Kavanaugh was like "Mm, you don't have to throw it all away because of that one provision like and then the the lawyers for Obamacare were like, okay, well, here's the thing. We didn't think that the Affordable Care Act would stand up without that provision, but we took it out and it continues to stand. So, like, we don't need to get rid of the whole Affordable Care Act just because we're no longer fining people anymore for not having insurance. Because if you guys remember, the whole idea was that if you don't have insurance, you got to pay a fine because the point is that everybody needs to pay into this market so people can get affordable health care but then you know the former president was like well i'm not gonna charge y'all for not having insurance and so that kind that provision kind of like it went it was nullified to a certain extent like it's not enforced you can't be fined for it you don't have to pay it so they were like well why do we even need it like it it can show harm but the supreme court was like well number one you haven't shown where it causes harm or where it will cause harm in the future so you don't have any standing to bring this to the Supreme Court and we're tossing it and it was 7-2 7-2 with just two justices dissenting and one of them was actual a liberal justice so that was surprising a lot of people weren't expecting it to go that way but that is how it went and Yay for Affordable Care Act. It lives to see another day. Y'all know I'm a proponent for the Affordable Care Act. I mean, why should people not be able to have good insurance or if affordable insurance? Why should people not be able to have free birth control? Why should people not be able to have coverage until they're 26 on their parents' insurance? Why should people not be able to have insurance because they have a pre-existing condition? Like, I'm for it. I'm for it all. So, Maybe if, you know, states will expand Medicare, then you can get cheaper premiums. Anyways, that's another story for another day. So they passed that. Everybody was like, yay. But then at the same time, they also passed a ruling where they ruled that a Catholic adoption agency in Philadelphia has the right to discriminate against gay couples during Pride Month. It was such a blow. I thought it was disgusting, but here we are. That was a unanimous decision. Everybody agreed on that one. I don't know how they worked that out, but everyone agreed on that one. Basically, that case was brought to the Supreme Court because the Catholic Adoption Agency was basically like contracted 
through by the state and it turns out that they were not you know sending babies to same-sex households they refused to work with same-sex households and so then Pennsylvania was like, well, we're going to terminate the contract because you're discriminating against people. Well, when they took the case to the Supreme Court, they were like, well, this is our our First Amendment right. And the Supreme Court was like, yeah, I guess it is. So basically, like, they can't terminate the contract because the Catholic Adoption Agency is discriminating against people based on... Their sexual orientation, basically, which, once again, I think is totally messed up. Like, why would you rather have a child in the foster care system instead of a loving home where somebody will actually love and want to take care of them? It beats me. But, you know, how those funny Catholics are. Speaking of Catholics, So the Catholic Church just basically made like some kind of rule that's going to make it harder for like politicians that are Catholic to, you know, get communion if they like support abortion or something like that, which once again, super duper wild. Everyone feels like that's a blow to President Biden, like very specifically, a lot of the news headlines are like, it could prevent Biden and other politicians. And I'm like, why I got to call that man out? Like, yeah, I have to call him out like that. But basically, everybody knows President Biden is devout Catholic, goes to mass, all of that stuff. So basically, this rule would, you know, prevent him and other people in Congress who support abortion rights from having communion. And I just think that's like so messed up, given how the Catholic Church continues to just pretend like they didn't have a huge molestation problem and they didn't just like move priests around and shuffle them around anytime there was issue of molestation but the president can't support a woman's right to choose what to do or he's not he don't got jill out getting an abortion or i would assume he doesn't have anybody else out getting an abortion either but it's like why can't he support a woman's right to choose he's not saying go get abortions he just wants people to be able to choose and also for it to be safe because we know that people are going to still get abortions anyways i just found that quite hypocritical and strange so yeah that's Christians gotta love them which was so interesting because then of course that you know sparked outrage on Twitter and a lot of people were asking like where's the separation of church and state and if you're not going to be separated then churches should pay taxes I'm talking to you Scientology I'm talking to you also putting in the work with this week was Congress who did a few things they did a few things so to begin with The House passed a bill to repeal the 2002 Iraq Authorization Act. So basically, that act was, I guess, approved in 2002, which gave your former president, Bush, W. Bush, the authorization to, like, go through Iraq and bust it down or whatever in every way he wanted to. But basically the the argument to repeal it now is that number one, there's not like any weapons of mass destruction like they told us 
Number two, like there's really not a threat in Iraq, so we don't really need it. And number three, it allows presidents to just have this crazy power to just go and bomb something. Like apparently the former president used it as I think his reason to, was it Iran that they dropped airstrikes on that time? You know, they killed that man. Anyways, they were like, y'all presidents don't need it. And apparently our current president was like, yeah, that's correct. I agree. So the House has passed it. Uh, it got, I wouldn't say overwhelming su- support, but there were like 49 Republicans that did vote for it. So that's going to go to the Senate. We'll see what happens there. Um, it's always a toss up with the Senate. Anything they can do to show that they're not in support of what Democrats are doing, they're going to do it. So who knows? But I would think that it would be something that might would get uh, enough support to pass. Chuck Schumer is for sure going to pull that uh, through and send that out for discussions and a vote. So we'll see how that goes. And then real quick, like out of what felt like nowhere, the Senate unanimously passed a bill to make Juneteenth a holiday. Now, if you're not familiar with Juneteenth, this is a holiday that is celebrated by a lot of African Americans and sadly not even known by a lot of African Americans because, surprise, surprise, our history doesn't get taught in school. So, in 1865, it was two years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. It took that long for word to reach the states, the southern states. And so the last slaves were in Galveston, Texas, and they didn't get word until June 19th that they were free. Now, we're not going to talk about how some of them still lost their lives because they were shot by slave owners when they tried to leave the plantation, even though they were free. But that is seen as Freedom Day for Black people, Black Liberation Day. Like, And once again, like I said, it's not discussed in schools because they don't teach our black history like they should but with everything that went on like the past summer and you know the black awakening it's become pretty popular and so the senate was like well they tried to pass it last year let's be honest they tried to pass it last year and senator ron johnson of wisconsin did not want to approve of it something about the money for people to be off of work. He didn't feel like people should, taxpayers should be paying for people to be off of work because black people were freed. I That might not be how he said it, but it, it was something to that effect. So anyways, this time he was like, well, you know what? Let the niggers have their way. And he decided to not get in the way of passing that. So that passed unanimously. And then it went to the House. And then it passed in the House as it was expected to do. And then it was signed into law yesterday after the president was back from his trip. So here's the thing about making Juneteenth a holiday. I am conflicted. I am conflicted because on one hand, yay, 
Like, yay, because I know that there are many of our elders who have fought for this. Um, There were people in the house, like uh, House Rep Sheila Jackson Lee. Like, she's been working on this for years, and there's a older lady who was on the news and she's been working on this for decades like she's pushed for this our elders have pushed for this this is a win for them it's a win for all of us black people but it's for sure a win for them especially those who probably thought they would never live to see the day when that would occur i'm all for that i'm happy for that i think that's great I'm not upset about another federal holiday. I probably still won't get the day off. I don't even get MLK off, but we're not going to talk about that. But I support and I'm here for it for those reasons. However, I just think it's funny how we can pass. And once again, I know it's not those Republicans that are necessary, the ones who are fighting against critical race theory and all that, who were dead set on getting this passed. I know they're not the ones who did the work, but I just think it's funny how in America we can pass a bill to make Juneteenth a holiday, but we can't even teach children the actual black history in schools so that they will know what Juneteenth is. Like, when I tell you uh, grown adults are just figuring out what Juneteenth is because we didn't learn about it in schools. We didn't learn about the Tulsa race massacre. We didn't learn about all the other massacres that have taken place, like, Look it up. There have been many more. We we don't learn about those. So it's interesting at a time where we have congressmen and governors of states fighting against teaching critical race theory, which once again is not even taught to K through 12 students. It's not even in the curriculum. Nobody was even trying to introduce it into the curriculum. But they're fighting against it. They're saying it's divisive. They're saying that it teaches children that white people are inherently racist. And it's like, no, that's not true. But why can't you teach them the parts of our history that actually happened? Like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's nothing good about slavery. That's that's a reminder. But the good things that America did, but also the bad things they did. Because... How are children ever going to know what's what? Like We can't keep calling slavery indentured servitude in textbooks. Like That's not what it was. That's not what it was. And even if you feel like some of you senators and reps that slaves had it good because they had free lodging and food, like, no, no. You never have it good when you're property. Never. So... I just felt like, I feel like making Juneteenth a holiday was like, you, you're you giving us something that is good, but it's not necessarily what we need. It's like, for instance, say, 
I have a heart issue and I need a heart transplant. And I go into the hospital to get my heart transplant. I've waited. I've been on the list. It's been a long time coming. They said, we finally got you a heart. I go to have my surgery. I wake up and they're like, oh, we gave you a new liver. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it's nice to have a 21-year-old liver again because, you know, but, you know, how's my heart doing? And they're like, what? Oh, no. no, we didn't give you the heart. And it's like, okay, so now I got a new liver, but my heart is still bad. Like I came here for something specific and you gave me something else, but you expect me to be excited about it. That's how it feels. Like it's like, it feels like a, a pacifier. Like, I know that y'all want change and stuff, and we can't give y'all that, but we'll give you this. And it's just like, no, that's not that's not what our younger generations are fighting for. Like, of course, once again, like I said, this has been a fight from our elders and like our older generations, but that's not what our younger generation is fighting for. Like, we just want to be out and not be over-policed and not be discriminated against and not be killed by the police and wear our hair in a fro or straight or braided without being considered ghetto or too afrocentric we just want to live and we want things to be fair and we want to vote and we like we don't want to be brutalized that's all we want that's all we want like and sure if you're gonna give us an extra day off of work to not be any of those things cool but it's still gonna be an issue if i'm off of work but i still can't vote or i still am more more times than not likely or more times than my white counterparts to be brutalized by the police like it (laughs) it does nothing and once again i understand right now SB1 will come up for a vote next week. And you got senators like Joe Manchin, who just want to be contrarian. You have senators like Mitch McConnell, who don't want to do anything to help Democrats, which I understand. Like, you got... You got to do what you got to do to keep your power. That's how you feel. But he doesn't want to do anything that will be helpful for people that will not benefit him. And it's like, what do we do? We got the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act that has has been negotiated for months now. Because they can't come to an agreement on qualified immunity. Why is it that a police officer can't be held accountable for their actions, for their negligence? Why can't they be sued? If if I do something negligent or something that causes somebody harm, I'm either going to be sued or I'm going to go to jail. Why not police officers? And then there's also some provisions that they don't want to touch as far as, you know, what can be considered like illegal for police officers. Like, you know, there's apparently a list of things that, you know, they have that they don't want to touch. But they are thinking about adding things to it like sexual assault by police. And I'm like, why is that not already on the list? 
Everything that's illegal should be on the list. I don't even understand why there's a list. Everything that's illegal. It should be like, hey, police can't do nothing that's illegal. I don't, what are we talking about? But these are the things holding up the bill. And it's the individuals like Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham, who for some reason is kind of working on it. And I'm like, is that just because he's also from South Carolina like Tim Scott? I don't know. But I don't want Lindsey Graham to have a hand in the nothing that has to do with police reform, if we're being honest. I don't want him to have a hand in anything that has to do with the United States, but unfortunately, here we are. So it's just like, I know y'all sick of me saying it. Call your senators. Call your reps. Stacey Abrams has been begging y'all, call, 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 all summer. Hot call summer or whatever she's calling it. You got to call your representatives because... It doesn't make any sense for us to be upset that, oh, they gave us Juneteenth, we didn't ask for it. Oh, they could pass a Asian American hate crimes bill, but they can't pass the lynching bill, which once again was blocked by a single senator. Guess who? Rand Paul of Kentucky. Why don't you reach out to Rand Paul? And let him know how you feel about the fact that he blocked the anti-lynching bill. Why don't you reach out to Tim Scott and let him know how you feel about the fact that he doesn't want to touch qualified immunity or that provision of the law that has a list of things that police can be held accountable for. Like, these are the people holding stuff up. I know y'all want to blame President Biden and Kamala and this and that and the third. But these are the things that people are actually trying to pass in the House. Like reps and senators are actually trying to pass. And these are the people that are in the way. I can't tell you how tired I am of seeing, well, you can pass the Asian American hate crimes bill. Yeah, I mean, there were people that didn't support that bill. But there was overwhelming support for that bill. But there are there's not overwhelming support for other bills. And that's not President Biden's fault. And that's not Kamala Harris's fault. Like he's not a magician. He can't do an executive order for everything. He can get do an executive order for these student loans. Anyways, so these are the people that are holding up the progress. Call them, call them, text them. Email them, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do to let them know how you feel. I don't like, I just don't know what else to say besides that's that on that. So happy Juneteenth, y'all. Hope you had a wonderful Juneteenth weekend. I hope you did something blackity black. If you're black, white people don't be wearing dashikis and stuff. Please don't, please don't wear dashikis. But my black people, I hope y'all living young and wild and free. Free being the operative word. And thank you for listening. Because this has been another episode of Did You Hear the News? 
Come back next week. You can always catch me on Facebook every day, Monday through Friday, because I like small weekends. At D-I-D-J-A, hear the news. You can find me on YouTube at the same place. You can find me on Instagram also at the same place. D-I-D-J-A, hear the news. Bye.